1: Here's your Real Estate Insider, Dr. Chuck Fury.
2: Hello, folks. Dr. Chuck, your Real Estate Insider here today. I hope you're having a great day. I have with me Mike Staten, my Director of Operations over at Stanford Property. Mike, how are you doing this morning? I'm fantastic. How are you, Chuck? Oh, just great. Thank you. Uh, We've got a lot of fun things to talk about today.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited. I think we're going to help people with some strategic selling of their properties.
2: Yes, yes. Well, real estate is a wonderful market. It creates lots of drama. It can create a lot of inspiration in one's life. Uh, And it typically shows up at every point of transition in a person's life, Mm -hmm. whether it's uh, a rental or uh, owning a property. In either case, it's really tied very strongly to our survival and our sense of survival.
3: Yeah. And there are different times, just like you said, uh, in transitions of our lives when you have different things to do with your property you know sometimes you're in acquisition mode and sometimes you are in a mode where you need um, a steady stream of income and there's different things that you need from your real estate and we've identified right. uh, some of the best strategies for each of those transitions that's
2: right and our motto is we want you to have a wonderful lifestyle and in in order in order to get that lifestyle we want the real estate to serve you not that you serve the real estate How many times have we had people come into our office and say, you know, I'm managing my property and my wife hates it because I can never take vacations and this and that and this and that. And we try to help them detach from their real estate a little bit. It becomes part of their identity. Yeah, it does. Um, It becomes an obstacle. People look at it that way. It's an obstacle and it's very difficult for them to change their identity uh, in quotes. That means... Change their real estate so that their identity can change, so that they can free themselves up and enjoy their lives a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It's it's probably our biggest challenge, and that's why people kind of uh, look at us a little bit askance when we say, um, you know, tell us about your lifestyle. Where is it now, and where do you want it to be? And bring your wife in, or your girlfriend, or your significant other, and let's talk both, all three, all four of us together. Let's talk about your lifestyle and where you want to take it, and then we'll tell you different ways you can utilize your real estate to get there. And it's, it's a different approach and they're always kind of wondering like, no, I I have a real estate problem. I've got it figured out. I want better management. This is what I want. And it's like, okay, is that really serving your higher purpose? So often Mm -hmm. we find it's not.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it it is and, and and people get locked into thinking certain way about their property just like you said it becomes part of their identity mm-hmm. and they start viewing it as uh, an anchor uh, you know that's tying them to some kind of uh, idea that isn't necessarily true. So we are you know we're experienced in helping people see different ways of viewing your property and getting that different perspective so they can mm-hmm. understand that they can use their real estate to
2: get what they need to get the life they deserve. That's right, exactly. We want it to be easy, lucrative, and fun. That's Mm -hmm. what any investment should be, and really that's what life should be in in the highest order of things. It's not always easy and it's not always lucrative. But in real estate, if you plan well and you maximize your income and minimize your expenses, it can be very lucrative, Mm -hmm. and we can show people how to make it fun. Yeah, absolutely. We have a lot of fun. So to repurpose your real estate, to take control of your real estate, to really position yourselves with your real estate so that you're in control and it's, it's serving you, you're not serving it. Uh, recently, I saw a joke. It was kind of, uh, it kind of underscored what I'm saying right now. And it was that a doctor was vacationing on the Riviera and he met an old lawyer friend and he asked him what he was doing there. And the lawyer replied, well, remember that lousy real estate I bought? Well, unfortunately, it caught fire, so here I am with the fire insurance proceeds uh, taking a vacation. Uh, much, <laughs> much easier than uh, doing property management. It's one way to get out of property management. Yeah. Um, what are you doing here? Well, the doctor replied, well, remember that lousy, lousy real estate I bought in Mississippi? Well, the river overflowed, and here I am with flood insurance proceeds, kind of like you. The lawyer looked mm. very puzzled. He said, gee, how did you start that flood? <laughs> well, nice. uh, we don't <laughs> recommend insurance fraud, but yeah. uh, we do recommend that you can avoid management and increase your income so you can take that vacation on the Riviera. No kidding. You can do that just with good strategic planning with the real estate you already own.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's right. If uh, you, Like you said, you plan right and you make the right steps and you make sure your income is maximized and your expenses are minimized, you can make it very lucrative mm. as well. Uh, I, I know that uh, there's a different sayings out there about how, you know, you have a certain amount of money and the bank has uh, its interests when you have to get a loan. But um, there's something I saw recently that said, if you owe the bank $100, that's your problem. But if you owe the bank $100 million, that's the bank's problem. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, so we I a, think we had a show recently about leverage. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, if you can leverage the bank that way, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can make it not your problem.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. The bank will call you and uh, <laughs> be very, very polite with you yeah. if if you um, are, if you're into them for a hundred million. We we know a particular politician on the scene right now who's mm. uh, who's actually been able to use that kind of a strategy very effectively. Uh, very good uh, negotiator and. That's true. Uh, yeah we'll see how that all turns out in the future uh, <laughs> yeah future will hold uh something interesting for that i'm not sure sure the banking lobby will be voting for him but uh, <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> in any case it's a very interesting uh, uh, very in- in- interesting topic to talk about leverage and banking and so forth. today, what we want to talk about is strategic selling, and that is um, when you hire a broker to list and sell your property um uh, What should that broker do to make sure strategically he's matching your needs and what you want to see happen? Uh, Now, most people want to have the highest price possible and close in the shortest amount of time. And all cash as is, no contingencies would be just fine with them. And that is the perfect offer for most people on the surface. But I think the perfect offer uh, is a well-planned strategic plan that involves uh, what are you going to do with the proceeds? Are you going to pay tax? Can you avoid paying the tax? Can you maximize your value? Can you maximize the value of the property as well as maximize the price you will receive? And the expenses you, and minimize the expenses that you'll you'll pay on that property
3: yeah that's really a, a big picture that uh, a lot of real estate agents don't really help their clients to to see it's, no. it's something that they're, they're, they're not really trained to do exactly um, honestly' it's, it's, not it, their it's, fault. it's they feel it's outside their purview in a lot of ways, but mm-hmm. uh, you know we have a different take on that. You know, you are an accredited wealth management advisor. You understand how people can use their real estate to to maximize
2: their their assets. I can't tell you, Mike, how many times people have called me and said, "You know, I sold my property uh, three months ago. I want to know how I can avoid paying these capital gains tax on the property." And I will say, "Well, it's a bit late." Um, you know, do you own any other properties? I can certainly help you with future properties. But right now, you can't reverse that decision. It's, it's done. And once you close escrow and, and you have what they call constructive receipt of those funds, they become taxable. And uh, very often, all, they'll say, well, my broker never told me anything about the tax consequences. And um, sometimes they'll say, well, my broker did tell me I should see a CPA, uh, but you know, didn't uh, warn me about any any real problems. And if the broker tells the client to see a cPA, they are doing their job according to the letter of the law right um, but it can go one step further, and um, it you know some information about taxes can be given by the broker to the client if they're knowledgeable in that area, sure unfortunately, many are not, but uh in any case, very often the client won't call a cPA won't call their tax planning uh, person until after the sale because they don't think there's any. Choice in the matter, right? That's yeah,
3: and, yeah. We've definitely seen that a lot, where people, you know, even before they they sell, they assume that they're going to have to pay capital gains taxes, even uh, if it's a, a primary residence. People say, "Well, there's you know, no way, no way around this. I'm going to have yeah. to pay the capital gains taxes." And even on primary residences, that is not necessarily true. Yeah, that's you know, right. We're
2: able to help people avoid those taxes. Well, there is something in chess called castling. Mm-hmm. and um it is where at some point you want to protect your king uh or any of your uh, any of your uh pieces actually but it's where you get it's the moment in that game when you decide i need to be strategic and defensive here uh the time has come for me to make a very quick shift and um we should talk about the market right now the market uh at this point is um is kind of an interesting market. Uh, our listings yeah. right now are um, sitting on the market longer than they would have a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And there's a, uh, you know, we have these enormous appreciation gains that have uh, occurred in the marketplace in the last uh, four years. And um, buyers are sitting around a little bit dazed with, uh, you know, what has happened and much more careful about what they're going to buy now. Mm -hmm. That may bode either a plateau or a downturn very soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how the market's going. Don't like the sound of that.
3: (laughs) Right now, it's still strong mm -hmm.
2: and and it's
3: still definitely a force to be contended with uh, for Mm -hmm. buyers. Yes. But... um, you know, it's it's hard to say what's the next yeah. step here mm-hmm. and when it's going to happen, but mm-hmm. um, it is difficult, and there are certain ways that, as a seller,
2: you need to, to approach the market because of that. Well, that's right. I mean, if anybody out there has questions about strategy, they should give us a call at...
3: Our number. It's mm-hmm. 888-NO-TAXES. And even uh, if, if you just have a question about something we talked about on the show or another question that's... Uh, Not related, you know, feel free to give us a call. We'd be happy to talk with you. Um, And we talk with a lot of people about different topics for the show, what they're doing in their own investments, and a lot of different things.
2: That's right. Now, we're going to take a break in just a second here, Mike. Um, Our insider question for today, and we'll solve in the second half of our show, is when the market is starting to turn, which it may or may not be. This is not an economic prediction, but we are seeing some signs that that uh, give us pause shall we say when the market is turning what is the best selling strategy Mm -hmm. and in this case we'll talk we'll start to talk about a high market that's beginning to turn downward what would the best selling strategy be Uh, and uh, how can we maximize those dollars how can we turn back the clock and get the same kind of dollars we could have gotten six months ago that's our question Folks, thank you for listening. We hope you will stay with us. We'll give you the answer to that question and several other questions when we return. Have a great break, and let's take five, Mike.
1: For questions or comments about today's topic, send email to hi Dr. chuck at gmail.com. That's H-I-D-R-Chuck at gmail.com. Or call 1-888-NO-TAXES. Now, back to your Real Estate Insider with Dr. Chuck Fury.
2: Hello, folks. Dr. Chuck, your Real Estate Insider, here once again for the second part of our program. Thank you for staying with us. I have Mike Staten with us here. Mike, how's it going? It's going great. How are you, Chuck? Uh, great. There's some wonderful things happening in my, Mike's life, which uh, I think we've discussed on other programs. Everything going well for August? Yeah, yeah. Things are on
3: track. Yeah. Um, you know, still engaged. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you all very much. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, we took some engagement photos last weekend and uh, cool. went to a friend's wedding. And so we oh. were taking notes. Oh, okay. yeah.
2: Great. <laughs> Figuring out what we were going to do. Did you sample the champagne? I mean, take a few bottles with you just to make sure that... uh,
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We were part of the cleanup crew, so um, a few of the bottles may have disappeared. I'm I'm not Ah, quite sure. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) No, I I know. You're as honest as the snow, Mike. I know that about you. So it's a good joke. But, uh, you know, um, weddings are just a wonderful time. They're another Mm -hmm. one of those transitional times we talk about where, you know, people decide to make a change with their real estate, uh, usually when they get married or when they have kids. And... uh, we're talking today about strategic selling in a marketplace that's beginning to turn. And uh, when a market starts to turn and you have clues, uh, it's a good time to make a decision. Now, you can make a decision to hold on to your real estate, and that's okay, uh, especially if you have a five- to seven-year uh, time horizon in California, in Northern California, in the Silicon Valley, you should be just fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's been historically the case, even with very severe recessions like the last one we had. Um, On the other hand, um, if you want to maximize your income, if you're anticipating a transition in your own life, maybe you're going to downsize and retire, or maybe you want to uh, increase the square footage of your home, etc., etc., it might be time to make a change, to sell your property and uh, make a change. And uh, what we're all about at Stanford Property uh, is uh, helping you do that with legal and CPA-approved strategies to minimize or avoid altogether the capital gains taxes that you would s- normally pay on a sale. Uh, yeah,
3: we have these strategies. They're they're time-tested. Uh, they're in the the tax code, and we have CPAs that have you know given their blessing on them. We have. Uh, you're an accredited wealth management advisor, so you understand the, the ramifications for people's investments and the benefit that uh, people get from investing in these types of plans.
2: That's right. And I want to emphasize that these are all in the tax code, but we, what we do, um, like a good musical composer does, is we take the 12 notes of the scale and we mix them in a certain way so that they're the most harmonious possible. And in this case, we do use several strategies simultaneously Uh, which are, again, uh, CPA-approved strategies, but most people are not using them in the way that we use them uh, to uh, create the uh, result that we want to create. But getting back to selling, if you do make that change and you do want to sell property and not pay tax, uh, you want to do it in a certain kind of way, but you certainly want to sell, if you can, at the top of the market, and we may be very close uh, or have already achieved the top of the market, And if you do that, and you want to sell at the top of the market, uh, what's the best way to use market sentiment and the psychology of the market uh, to maximize your sale price?
3: Yeah, yeah, you were saying in a market that appears to be at the top, but people are starting to perceive it may be going down, or at least there are some factors about the market that are suggesting that you may not be at the top anymore. That's really a, a key to identify and then helping people sell at that point uh, is tricky because it's not quite the same as when the market is
2: is increasing yes that's right the buyers have become very picky about many many properties um, something that would have sold very very quickly with five six seven eight offers six eight ten months ago uh, are sitting on the market now mm-hmm. those kinds of properties and um, We have to take note of that. There's still uh, properties that are hot, but uh, there is some uncertainty in the market, and it's unclear exactly why this is happening at this part of this season. You know, this is a good season for buying. Um, So it's very curious. It's very interesting. We'll see how it shakes out. Uh, I have my own opinion on that, what I won't share publicly right now, but I will simply say that... um, uh, Rothschild, when interviewed about his great investments, and he was the equivalent of a billionaire in today's market, a uh, very successful uh, entrepreneur and investor, when they asked him uh, why he made so much money, he said, because I always guessed wrong. Uh, and they, you know, the irony of that statement is when they asked him to explain that, he said, well, I never, I never could predict the top. I, I never sold I, I never bought at the bottom, and I never sold at the top of the market. But what he did was he took very careful clues of when we were near the top or when we were near the bottom. And when he felt that was the case, he took action. And most people don't. Most people uh, wait until their stocks drop 30% and then they they get scared and they sell then. And that's not the right time to sell. Right. Um, So he was in good control of his emotions. So all I want to say here is, strategically speaking, we had a listing what came on the market about six weeks ago in Palo Alto. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, the market up there is, of course, very good and very strong. But um, this particular property had some, some um, uh, peculiarities about it. Uh, in Palo Alto, it's a very interesting situation. You can subdivide a parcel that's normally not subdivisible if you uh, use condominium uh, strategies. That is, you condominiumize the land So a developer can take uh, a 9,500-square-foot lot where uh, lots are minimum 5,000 square feet for single-family homes, and they can put two uh, homes on that and condominiumize them. And uh, that means that both homes own the land, but you have an exclusive right in the the CC&Rs to use your backyard for your particular property. It's an interesting concept.
3: Yeah, yeah. It was very, very unique and uh, something that was interesting to see. It was
2: essentially a, a HOA of two properties. Yes, exactly right. Just two properties in that. Now, that creates in the marketplace a, um, an uncertainty uh, about uh, being able to develop that house and some other issues. Um, so we knew going into this property that we were going to have some challenges to get our highest price. So we had to strategically sit back and think, and we applied about four different strategies to market this property uh, and get our highest price. The highest price we had on a property that was um, about 2,000 square feet more in land size and a larger um, property, uh, that sold for three and a half million. And so we were assessing, and the broker's' assessments were in the range of two point eight to three million dollars for this property um and we had the x factor of the condominium that might bring that property price down a little bit um or maybe we would be lucky and get that price. Uh, my clients were going to be very, very happy if they got three point two that's that was their goal um Well, we applied different types of strategies to get there. Uh, one is full disclosure. We did absolutely disclose that this was a condominium, but I called the attorney that wrote up the CCNRs and rs ahead of time. He was available f- to explain to any buyer why uh, this would be very similar to owning a single-family home. Uh, there were other strategies we applied to make sure that it was marketed in a most attractive manner. But one thing we did that was very strategic and very helpful is We actually listed this property before it went on the MLS. We listed it on as a coming soon property. Mm -hmm. Now, many brokers will do that to double end the property. That means they will try to get both sides of the commission. They'll try to find the buyer themselves and the seller. They'll be selfish about it ultimately and just say, we're not letting any other brokers come in here and help us. We want to just see if we can get the buyer ourselves and we'll double our fee that way. Um, we did not do that. Uh, that's not a way to sell a property at the highest price. Um, so we opened it up to brokers, but we put on our sign that it was coming soon and we ran an ad that it was coming soon. Because there's something in the marketplace... Um, Mike, do you want to talk a little bit about what that kind of strike is that we were talking about? Oh,
3: yeah. This is known as a preemptive strike. Yeah. And it is a good tool um, for both buyers and sellers really mm-hmm. um, uh, and if you set it up strategically just as you said you can use it to get a offer that you wouldn't get if the property was marketed fully that's on right. on MLS and and everywhere else where you're getting full exposure that's right uh, it's it's a different opportunity it enables a buyer to have a chance before the property gets on the market now Yeah, there's, there's different ways you know you might be able to get a lower offer
2: accepted but in this case it's a higher offer that yeah. we were looking for Well, let's define what a preemptive strike is mm-hmm. um, yeah um, a preemptive strike is where someone comes in and says um, we'd, we'd like to come in before you bring it to the general marketplace and we'll offer you a little bit more than you're asking for it because mm-hmm. we know it's gonna you're gonna get multiple offers and really try to get this to to make it to happen well, there's incentives to, for everyone to do that. The broker on the other side of the deal, if you choose not to double-end this, which is what we chose, we chose to open it up to the marketplace, um, she wants to make a commission. She doesn't want to be um, bidding against 11 other uh, buyers. And so she ultimately wants to um, to get that uh, property herself. So she makes the commission. So mm-hmm. she'll tell her clients to, to bid higher. And in this case, clients came in after some some negotiation and posturing, they came in with a $3.5 million offer. Yeah, just way higher than you had anticipated. Yeah, and we're we're leveraging ourselves on the fact that they're looking at the market that has been, not the market that's going to be. Mm -hmm. And so at this turning point right now, that's a very good strategy to use to make sure that it happens. Well, Mike, we unfortunately are out of time. We have Mm -hmm. to, uh, say, have a great week to our... uh, to our listeners. And Mike, you have a great week too.
3: And uh, thank you very much. I also want to say uh, to our listeners, I hope they have a great week. And if you have any questions, give us a call at 888-NO-TAXES. Fantastic. And Mike, enjoy that
2: champagne that you, uh, (laughs) we earned. earned. All right. Have a great week and
1: we'll see you next week. This has been your Real Estate Insider with Dr. Chuck Fury. It's his mission each week to make real estate easy, lucrative and fun. If you have a specific real estate challenger story you'd like to share with Chuck, just send an email to hidrchuck at gmail.com. Again, that's hidr Chuck at gmail.com. Or call 1-888-NO-TAXES. That's 1-888-NO-TAXES.